Hello, dear friend, and welcome. My name is Cynthia Alice Anderson, and I'm the owner and founder of the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. I have been so honored to be able to offer these programs several days a week, and these programs I know are inspiring, they are supporting, and they are uplifting your life's journey. I want to see that continue, and I honor you for being a part of making that happen. So for over five years, we've been able to offer these programs, and we want to continue to be able to offer them. So over the next 90 days, we are raising $9,000, and that's going to get us all the way through the end of the year. So I ask you to consider taking the time to support the channel that supports you. And again, our goal that we're asking you to be a part of is $9,000 in 90 days. And we look forward to hearing from you, friend. We're honored to support your journey. And we always are lifting you in prayer for God's highest and best in your life. Blessings on the journey, dear friend. And I look forward to seeing you very soon. Hi, friends. I appreciate all of you who are listening to Real Grief, Real Healing, the podcast. If you're finding benefit from listening to anything that I might have to say or my guests, what they are sharing, the importance of all of the aspects of how they have had grief and how they are healing, my experiences that I share, how I have had grief and and do have grief and also am healing, What I'm asking you to do is please share this on social media because right now that is how I will build more people to be listening. And and one of the reasons I want to build more people to be listening is I want to continue helping people like you. I get messages from several of you on a weekly basis. And if you like what you're hearing and you think someone else can benefit, please share on your social media channels. I would sure appreciate it. Thank you. Welcome to Real Grief, Real Healing with Mindy Corcoran here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel, taking a deep dive into the reality of the difficulty grief brings and offering insight into the healing available to each of us. Today, Episode 41, Projects and People Are Healing Their Hearts. And now your host, Mindy Corcoran. Hi, friends. This is Mindy Corcoran. Thank you so much for joining me on Real Grief, Real Healing with Mindy Corcoran. I am excited every time I get to interview someone, but today I get to interview two someones who are so important in my life, and they were also very important in Lucas's life at an integral time during uh, the beginning of our healing process. Joining me today are um our authors of a book called Lessons from Claude and it's uh Hal Hansen and Julie Hansen and they are the the proud loving parents of artist Jeff Hansen. So Hal and Julie, welcome to Real Grief, Real Healing. Thank you for having us. Of course, Hal, let me hear you. I know you're there. <laughs> yes, we um are very excited to do this. Thank you. Thanks so much. So we have been friends since a uh, phone call happened. Jeff had been a painter and an artist for years, but he was very compelled to be in his basement art studio the day after my dad and Reet were murdered. And he started on a new project. And 
after you started on that project, Julie, you called me introducing yourself and, and then our friendship was born and it just, it just blossomed immediately. And Julie, I would love it if you could share with our audience why you called me that day and, um, and kind of about the piece of art that Jeff was working on. Yes. Jeff was so crushed to hear in the news um, the passing of your dear father and of Reet, your son. And he said to me, Mom, we have to do something for them. And really his gift was art. And so he decided that he wanted to um, do a painting that would be for our church, the United Methodist Church of the Resurrection in Leewood, Kansas. And he thought that it would be nice to ask you about some of Reet's favorite things and incorporate that into a collection of 21 paintings, 12 by 12 paintings, 21 being Reet's favorite number. So Jeff completed 21 12 by 12 paintings in a collection titled Faith Wins. That collection was installed at our local church in the kids section, kids core. And to this day, we still hear rave reviews and wonderful feedback about that. That's great. That's great. I I love how we met. And um, what I'd like to move into now is I want my audience to understand um, who you are and who Jeff is. And so how I'm going to, I'm going to tap you for this in particular, your medical background. And I'd like you to give us the information that, that you all heard when, when Jeff was just a, a young boy and, and what you learned about Jeff and then how he became this flourishing artist. Well, Jeff really had a lemons to lemonade, um, life. He was born with a genetic disorder called neurofibromatosis. Jeff is our only child. We're a family of three. No one else in the family tree has this condition, but it causes tumors to grow anywhere in your nervous system throughout your life. And we knew by age six that Jeff had this condition. By age 12, it, a tumor developed in his brain that was um, damaging his optic nerves and his vision. And he went through chemotherapy and radiation at age 12 that left him with um, limited vision. He described it as seeing through Swiss cheese. He had patches where he could focus, but then many blind spots. Uh, because of that, he couldn't drive a car or play sports or do the typical things that 12-year-olds do. And um, as a result, he took up painting as a hobby. And he would have his friends come over and sit and paint with him. Little um, greeting cards and note cards with watercolors. Um, Jeff's medical journey, however, um, at that point was um, great for a while. But from age 12 until age 27, when he passed away, there was no more problem with tumors developing in his nervous system. Um, and then, uh, of course, just in December, an, a tumor, uh, an aggressive tumor quickly blossomed and took his life. Hal, thank you for that description. I know when I heard from our pastor, we, we both, we all attend and are members of Church of the Resurrection in Leewood, Kansas. And I heard in a sermon from Pastor Adam Hamilton, like many others, 
that Jeff was not well and that he had been hospitalized and, um, and wasn't doing well. And I reached out to you all. I reached out specifically to Julie and we started having that conversation. And it was, it was pretty clear when you got that uh, final diagnosis that it was going to be the final diagnosis. Is that accurate? That is correct. Um, he unfortunately had a tumor this time in his brain stem. And um, that's sort of your control center for your brain. And it quickly um, grew before really any treatment could even be initiated. Um, the, the blessing of all that was that Jeff was really not aware of what was happening to him. He, he lost his awareness quickly, which um, actually made things easier in the end. Well, I'm sure that it did make it easier for sure on him, like you said, and easier on you all knowing that he didn't feel pain or didn't know how quickly he was leaving and and on his way to heaven. Julie, I want to redirect the conversation back to when Jeff was a young boy and the realization was coming to you each time his friends would be doing something different, getting their driver's license, and Hal mentioned that he wasn't ever going to be able to drive, you know, going to a prom, school events. How how did you manage at that time going through those events, which I would call grief events? Yes. You know, um, being a parent of a child with special needs, which Jeff certainly was, is a really different picture than that of a normal child. There's so many different occasions and opportunities that you miss out on. And you're right. He couldn't ride a bike. He couldn't see the stars. He couldn't drive a car. It was even really difficult for Jeff Hansen to read a book. And yet we did not allow that to all those different situations to define him. We found something that Jeff could do. And at age 12, when he started chemotherapy and radiation to his brain tumor, he started painting simple watercolor note cards. And it was an aha moment because the painting was really beautiful. And so that was something Jeff could do. And Really, he took that gift that God gave him, and he ran with it for 15 years quite beautifully. And I would like to add there that, you know, as a parent, you, we say you have this dream bank. You have this bank of dreams for your child. You just assume that everything's going to be normal, and they're going to, you know, hit all the childhood milestones, um, and that they'll be quarterback of the football team and, you know, valedictorian. and go to Harvard. And then as you start realizing your child has um, different medical issues, you those things start being taken away from you. Slowly the deposits in your dream bank are dwindling. And it got to the point where by age 12, after chemo and radiation, I just looked at him and I thought, I don't know how you're going to find meaningful work. I don't, I don't know how you are going to exist as an adult in this world without, um, you know, great support. And boy, did he teach us differently. Well, and I, 
I appreciate your vulnerability in saying that honest, you know, saying that honestly as, as parents, right? Your dream bank, you have this idea when that, you know, baby is forming in you, in your womb, and then you have the baby and then everybody around you, you know, talks about all the dreams that are going to happen. And I so appreciate that you said, Yes, you looked at him at age 12 and thought to yourself, oh my goodness, what do we have in store for us? And then he really turned the tables on you. And I like, Julie, how you said, you know, he had this gift. And um, tell us tell us your favorite memories. And you can list as many as you want about Jeff and his gift with art. Well, of course, I always loved when, such as your situation, when he painted in memory of Reet. I always loved when he came to us and wanted to give back to others, which was so often. And Jeff went to live charity galas across the nation, donating his artwork to over 200 different events, generating $7.5 million for charity. And let me tell you, every one of those events was such a proud moment. Jeff, you know, made a decision, oh, early on, maybe when he was 17 or 18, that he was going to give a million dollars to charity by the age of 20. He actually told this uh, on CNN in an interview, and I I was standing there behind the camera going, Jeff, don't say stuff like that. You're not going to give a million dollars to charity by the time you're 20. But again, he did. Um, And, you know, that's that's a proud moment, standing there, hearing your child, his interest was um, so different than mine being a young boy growing up. His interest was giving a million dollars to charity. That was his purpose. And he in no way was going to be defined as the kid down the street with a brain tumor and low vision. He was going to be the kid down the street who gave a million dollars to charity. And I just want to continue to give you all kudos because as parents, you had the opportunity to to be negative and to say, well, you can't ride a bike, you can't drive a car, you, you know, you you can't see, you can't see the stars. But you didn't. You you all are a blessing as well. And I hope that other people tell you that, but I want you to know you all are such a blessing and the perfect parents for Jeff to be able to allow him to flourish and offer him that path. And and so much so how I remember there at a point in time you um, stopped working, and you can give us that detail. You you're an ER physician, as if I recall correctly, and and you all it became it it became and is continuing. It's a family affair. Tell us what that's like. Well, the art business, <laughs> which uh, exploded, um, certainly that was not in our strategic uh, life plan. I'm an ER doctor. I'm a science person. And I graduated from Iowa State University with a degree in fashion merchandising and marketing. None of us had any art training, and certainly Jeff did not have any art training. Um, But together as a family, um, I guess you're right. You know, Jeff had the perfect parents, but, you know, the parents had the perfect kid, too. The three of our personalities, none of which had any formal art training, just seemed to complement each other perfectly in this endeavor. Uh, in 2015, when I was um, the director of an emergency department, I just realized one day I have to stop this because what's going on in our house 
with Jeff's art business is so much uh, more important. And um, also, you know, building his future and his retirement. And I realized that this is meaningful work for him. Um, so in, it um, became something that all three of us participated in. The milestone, probably the pivotal, pivotal moment was when CBS Sunday Morning uh, requested to do Jeff's story. That was in 2015. And with that, ha after the fallout from that being aired, um, the business became so crazy busy that I couldn't go on being a physician anymore. I, I went to work for Jeff. And as it played out, Jeff was our boss. He hired mom and dad as his employees. There I was worrying about my dream bank being empty and, and Jeff not finding meaningful work, meaningful work. And as it played out, he became my employer. And I might want to add, Mindy, that I set out after college graduation to be a career person. And after having had Jeff, we quickly recognized that it was going to take a village. It was going to take a lot to raise this child with neural fibromatosis. So I didn't work. And at age 12, when Jeff's business started slowly taking off, I started doing the marketing and the purchasing and all the different aspects that you have to have to run any business and quickly recognized that Jeff had given back to me everything that I loved. So here was this child with special needs that had given his mother tremendous purpose and a career that I couldn't have selected any more perfectly than Jeff Hansen art. I have to give you a plug. You said, you quit work, you didn't work. You changed jobs is what you did. <laughs> you worked harder than ever. And that's uh was a huge part of Jeff's business becoming so successful. I had known that Jeff was traveling around the United States and, you know, doing the charity work and, and that type of thing. I'd heard of him through the church. But then when you called me and you were very specific that every year he just outright donated a painting and that this one, you know, he wanted to do in memory of Reet and then, and then that one be donated. And then I started following you on social media and seeing what you did. And, um, I remember a private conversation that we had, Julie, when you were really letting me know you were running the business all by yourself. And, and how I'm not saying that you weren't there, but that, you know, you were the business manager and the, and the marketing person and the, you did all the posts on LinkedIn, the social media posts, et cetera. And, and I love that we shared that because then when I opened um, with our family, Faith Always Wins Foundation, and was doing the same things, you and I were kind of hand in hand sharing stories about, you know, how to get followers and, um, you know, what's what's the best way to, you know, communicate with people and, and get people to events, et cetera. So I appreciated that we've been able to to share in that along the way as we each have found different purposes. Um, I'm reading from... Uh, your book, uh, Hal, in particular. So the name of the book, again, is Lessons from Claude, an inspiring story of art, philanthropy, and entrepreneurship. And it says Hal Hansen, MD. And I know, Julie, your hand was all over this as well. So I'm on page um, 209. Not that you have every page memorized. Um, but it says here, 
that you use four te- four techniques. Use four techniques: facing your problem, developing a support system, distractions, and humor. Um, we've talked about facing your problem and in, in much of what you've talked about already today. Um, tell me about and our listeners tell us about developing your support system. How did that look early on in Jeff's life, and then? And then how, thank you for mentioning, it's clearly very important that Jeff lost his life in December of 2020, actually December 20th of 2020, and it was a horribly sad day um, for all of us. And um, I don't mean to take any ownership of any of your grief, but I would like to carry some of it with you. And then you had a beautiful funeral. Um, so after after that grief event as well and losing his life, how are you um, continuing to build your support system? Well, you know, after that, after he passed and after um, we just looked and realized this had, had happened, it was hard to even accept it. It was like disbelief. Of course, we were very sad and grieving and anxious and depressed. In fact, personally, I developed PTSD. To me, the whole experience of watching his decline was very hard on me. And through that, though, we, we realized we, we had some um, techniques or tools that we had learned from the first go around when Jeff had a tumor and lost his vision um, that we could apply to ourselves again. And, you know, Julie's big thing is, and she's preached it to me over and over since December 20th, how you need to focus on people and projects. And people and projects has become our buzzword around here. Um, so the village is our friends and neighbors and family um, who come and visit often and stay for a weekend. And we have just opened our door um, to any house guest that wants to s- stay a weekend, come on. Uh, just because surrounding yourself with people and talking about things um, you're grieving, keeping it out in the open has been very healing for us. Projects, the same way. Any any um, tasks, it can be anything. It can be a home improvement project, but it also can be uh, continuing Jeff's art business, which we are actively doing uh, to fill our day. So um, filling your mind with positive thoughts and positive things constantly just constantly moving from day to day, surrounding yourself by people that love you and care about you and projects that are so good for your hands and your heart. I love that you are saying that. I There was recently <clears throat> a, a horrific traffic accident where I live in Florida and several children died, um, young people died. And one young lady in particular whom I had only met a few weeks prior to her death, it's it's really interesting. I met this young lady on Reet's birthday, and she was killed nine days later. And um, I've heard that her family is struggling to welcome people into their home. And I didn't do it that way, but I know that different that people grieve differently, and that on real grief, real healing, I welcome people to talk about how. How are they grieving? I heard from my mom that she she looks back and she wishes that she would have opened her home more 
And at the time, she didn't feel like she wanted to, so she didn't. But then now looking back, she says, I wish I'd opened my home more. And so I'm grateful to hear you say, um, just so that people do understand it, you may not realize it at the time that you want it. You may not want people there in your home. Believe me, you you don't have to keep a clean bathroom and you don't have to keep a clean kitchen, exactly. right? You can exactly. just have people have people over. So, so tell me a little bit more about what that looks like. I know you said people can your friends have been able to come for the weekends, but what else does that look like to you to have um, support and have people around you? You know, I think I need to tell you that throughout Jeff's entire 15 years of his art business, we always had our home open. And art clients came over nearly every day. We were giving tours of the studio and the gallery. So now we're grieving. Now we're trying to heal. We've lost Jeff. And we wanted our days to seem as normal as possible. So it would have been very different for us to shut our doors and not open our hearts to others who wanted to love us, who wanted to be our friends to care for us. So for Hal and I, I think it's really maybe quite different than most people. We always had people in our home. The Hanson Hotel, as we called it, was always open. <laughs> the Hanson Hotel, that's great. But I, that's a good name. Mindy, I have to say that. that that wasn't easy for me because in those first few months after Jeff passed away, I I basically just cried all the time. And it, it was awkward to have people around because I felt like I needed to go hide in another room and cry for a while. And so it was like, you know, just leave me alone. But I knew that was not healthy. And I just forced myself to uh, agree. Yes, let's have somebody over for dinner. Let's have somebody stay the weekend. Um, and, and painful as it was, I just, I knew that was the healthy thing to do. And as it, it always worked out every weekend, I look back and I said, I'm glad they came. We, we, you know, talked about a lot of things and I, I laughed and, um, realized that, that, um, life is going on and it, it has helped me get through. So that's, this is a perfect time for me to point out that Julie and Hal have traveled this journey quite differently. So I was, Hal just said it. It was difficult for him, but yet for me, I was craving to have people come over to try to find joy and laughter. So as you know, Mindy, and as you hear, I'm sure from all your people that you interview, the journey is different for everyone. I uh, it, Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, did you all talk about that together? What did you, how did you point out to Julie that, that if there were a crowd full of people, you might run away and go cry? Did she know that? Did, did you speak about it? And then Julie, on the other hand, did you let Hal know you really needed people or was it just happening in your own household and you all were figuring it out? Well, a little of each. I, I sought professional help fairly early on to a psychiatrist to help me because I not only was there grieving, but physically, I just, you know, I wasn't eating, I was losing weight, I couldn't sleep, I felt anxious. Um, it, it's, and of course, you're tearful. So I, it was to the point where she looked at me and said, you're, you're a mess. 
Um, and that has helped me a lot, just getting some medication to help me sleep and to have somebody to do counseling with. Um, so that has helped uh, me. Julie has just been emotionally stronger uh, through this. I Part of that may be, however, because Jeff was a boy and I was his dad. If Jeff was a girl, it probably would have been that Julie was, you know, more taken back by this. Um, I was the one who always took Jeff to a haircut. We would go to a haircut together. If I went shopping, he always went with me. Uh, It's just natural. And so for me to get in a car and go somewhere by myself, it's very difficult because for 27 years, I haven't done that. Mm -hmm. And and remember, Mindy, Jeff couldn't drive. So he was housed little buddy everywhere they went that he went i was the chauffeur right right oh thank you all for sharing that's it's so helpful for couples for people that are single to to hear all the different ways of what's going on in the communication and clearly you've been supportive of one another and and that julie looked at you and said hey you're you're a mess and and i love you and let's get you you know get you some help i think that's wonderful and that and that you listened and and did that so thank you for sharing sharing that um i i definitely want you all to tell our listeners um the story about sir elton john can you please share that story jeff became a make a wish kid and his wish was to meet Sir Elton John. And so at the opening of our Sprint Center, October 13th, 2007, Jeff's wish came true to meet Sir Elton John. And I have to tell you, to date, that is the only Make-A-Wish that Sir Elton John ever did. And it's just because of the timing of the founding of the Make-A-Wish Foundation and when Elton was hot, he was really hot in the seventies. So we go to the Sprint Center and sure enough, we meet Sir Elton John backstage and Jeff and he talk about um, the wonderful place in the world called Dubai. And Jeff gave to him a thousand dollars for the Elton John AIDS foundation from money raised from Jeff hand painting his watercolor note cards And they're finished with their conversation. And Elton said, what would you think about getting out out of school and going with me to Dubai? And of course, you know, Elton was taken back by this whole thing because he was, here he was in Kansas City expecting to meet a low vision kid with a brain tumor at age 12 uh, and do his meet and greet and his photo op. But the Make-A-Wish kid, um, instead of wanting to go to Disney World or, you know, on some dream vacation with the family, walks in and handed Elton a check for $1,000. And this is something Jeff wanted to do for the Elton John AIDS Foundation. He knew it was very active in um, supporting AIDS orphans in South Africa. And I believe that Elton was so touched by this that he um, became extremely generous. And of course, not to be outdone, the next day Elton gave, gifted $5,000 to the Elton, to the uh, Children's Tumor Foundation. I love that. Not to be outdone by Jeff Hansen. Jeff was born to turn things around, it sounds like. it's He did a lot of turning around. He turned around what you all thought wasn't going to be a career, turned it around to a career. He gave Julie a new job. 
He gave Hal a new job. Um, and so tell me now, because I, I am clearly a little bit closer to it than, than my listeners, but tell us now how you all are continuing Jeff Hansen art and how does that purpose keep you moving every day? So Jeff had a new goal to generate $10 million for charity. And at the time of his death, he was at $7.5 million. Hal and I decided that we would continue Jeff's great work of art, trademarked Jeff Hansen art. And now we continue to work in the studio every day. Life seems just a little bit more normal when we're in the studio. And the artwork is all in the Jeff Hansen signature style, but now it's signed by the studio and not by Jeff. I guess it's no different than if you want a Chihuly chandelier. Chihuly doesn't blow the glass. His studio creates it, but it has his name. It's the same way. So we are sticking with his signature style of the very chunky texture and uh, screaming colors in high contrast. Jeff Uh, left behind... um, art journals of projects that he was looking forward to doing as well as an extensive portfolio. So we continue to do his work and continue to give to charity. And we have some other great projects on the horizon. Well, I look forward to hearing about those other great projects. I know I will, I will continue to follow you on social media, but then as a friend, I always want to reach out and, um, and just let you know how much I care and love both of you and love and love Jeff still. How how are you going to commemorate um, the anniversary of Jeff's death? We're going to be busy with people and projects. Okay, that's wonderful. That's a great answer, Julie. I love that. We we are, you know, it's just right at the holidays and we decided that probably wouldn't be that healthy for us to just sit here over the holidays and so we we are going to take a Caribbean trip over the holidays to escape Kansas City winter and also just, um, you know, have a change of pace. That sounds, that sounds like a good plan. And I'm, I'm glad that you all are working and thinking about and considering the best ways for each of you to be healthy, uh, even when they're not exactly the same path. Hal and Julie, are there any other closing remarks you'd like to make? I, I just would like to add that, you know, Jeff's, Jeff has a lot of trophies and awards sitting in our house. None of them are for art. He was never in a juried art show. He was not interested in being a famous artist. It was all about uh, philanthropy. And all his trophies are for community service and philanthropy. And and Jeff had a couple of um, sayings. He said, you can never say I love you too often. And Kindness and love are what this world needs more than ever. These are not new concepts, but for some reason we've lost them lately. And Jeff's core belief was every act of kindness helps create kinder communities, more compassionate nations, and a better world for all, even one painting at a time. Hal and Julie Hansen, thank you so much for joining me on Real Grief, Real Healing with Mindy Corcoran. And actually, thanks so much, too, for bringing Jeff's spirit along with you. Thank you very much, Mindy. Thank you for having us, Mindy. We love you. I love you, too. Thank you for listening to Real Grief, Real Healing here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. This channel is made possible because of listeners just like you. 
If you would like to support the channel with your tax-deductible contribution on an ongoing basis or through a one-time gift, head over to experienceofthesoul.com support. Real Grief, Real Healing is copyright 2021, Mindy Corcoran, all rights reserved. Our theme music is composed by Dave Croft and used with permission. The Experience of the Soul podcast channel is a production of 818 Studios.